Good morning, good afternoon. How you doing out there today? This is David Robert for the Adult Fitness Podcast. How are you doing out there? It is a wonderful day in the core. <laughs> I heard that on a movie somewhere. I don't know where, but um, hope you're having a great day. Today is April the 15th, 2023, and we are in what I would like to call the throes of the start of spring. Hopefully winter has left its icy, um, icy grip, and we are entering into the warmer months. So hope you are getting ready out there. We're going to have a great episode today, but before we get started, just want to let you know that you can find the market, uh, sorry, the Adult Fitness Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, from Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, you name it, we're there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Having a great time living living the dream. But if fitness is not your thing, we also have some other podcasts as well. I've got the Marketplace of Ideas podcast, which is a podcast talking about pop culture through a 80s and 90s sort of lens. So um, if you're interested in anything like that, we've got a lot of good episodes there. And we also have a third one coming called Strange Tales. So that's going to be dealing with a lot of interesting phenomena, uh, weird going-ons. We're going to be talking about everything from Stonehenge to the Loch Ness Monster to Dracula to the Atlantis to Themyscira. Where you know it's uh, the working title is the Strange Tales podcast or um, Gods and Monsters or Myth and Monsters or where we're working on the title. But um, that's going to be coming out at the end of this month. So look for that. So yeah. Um, with all that out of the way, um, just want to welcome you to the podcast, and we're going to be chatting about something that's a little bit um, very seasonal when it comes to the fitness industry. Over the the last number of years that I've been involved in either working at gyms or training clients, or just being a uh, person who likes to exercise and get out there and try to get as fit as he can to stave off the march of time, every season has a different feel to it when it comes to the fitness uh, lifestyle. If you're part of a gym or if you are part of any sort of sub culture within the fitness industry, meaning if you're part of bodybuilding or weightlifting or Olympic weightlifting, strength training, powerlifting, uh, cross, uh, sorry, CrossFit, uh, boxing, uh, martial arts, any, any type of activity that's sports related, uh, there are seasons. So you'll have a season where, um, let's see, it's it's the fall. And so for a lot of people within, let's say, uh, the sports arenas of hockey and basketball and base and football, your season is just getting started. And so all of the prep that you did in the spring, the late, late winter, the spring and the summer is now going to be on, on full display. If you are somebody who is in bodybuilding, you might be taking this time to say, hey, my... Um, my uh, fall and winter season is a time to bulk, as it were, the bulking season. So instead of, you know, looking to get shredded and to get ripped and cut and all that, you're now going to be looking to try to work on your strength gains. Maybe you're trying to um, take care of old injuries, but just get stronger, get a lot more um, size and a lot more muscle mass. For those people who are in, in baseball, you know, your season's over, basically. And Oh, no, um, you're... I'm sorry, not uh, baseball. Baseball, the the it's the um, 
end of your season is winding down. You know, you got the World Series, you've got various other championships going on. And so now you're heading into a time where you might be looking to kind of ramp down your training, take care of injuries. And as spring approaches, particularly within the fitness industry, it's a time where people are starting to look at themselves in the mirror and realize that um, uh, we kind of let things go. Okay, I'll be honest, this winter and fall, fall and winter were very difficult times for myself, not from a um, a uh, relationship standpoint, but just from a, a fitness standpoint, you know, um, you have a lot of things that go on that take you away from the gym that kind of knock you off your, your game as it, as it, as it were, when it comes to eating and just making the time to prioritize working out. And so now we are in April, middle of April, officially today, heading into the spring and into the summer months. And you can't, you can't put the coat on anymore, right? You can't just have your big sweatsuit on. Uh, a lot of layers are going to have to start coming off, which means, you know, there's going to be uh, ever-present emphasis on trying to get into spring and summer shape. And, and so we're going to dispel a few myths as we're talking about this and try to get to a better place when it comes to the seasonal aspect of fitness. So a little backstory here for myself. Growing up, I never had much of an issue with working out because I was always into sports. I was pretty, pretty, pretty skinny as a kid. I weighed about 170 pounds at six foot five in high school. So I was a rail, right? And it wasn't until after high school. And then you get a little bit older, you start getting some injuries and you're working more for a living. Uh, you've got kids, family, wife, all of these responsibilities kind of takes away from just getting being able to hit the gym and so because of that you put on a couple of pounds but for me it was a little bit different because being the height that I'm at and the size that I'm at I can focus more on powerlifting strength training that kind of thing so you kind of can hide the fact that you might have a bit of a gut or whatever else and this is pretty prevalent within the fitness industry when it comes to certain areas of the fitness industry like if you're a powerlifter or you're a strongman your physique isn't necessarily going to look like somebody who is competing in a bodybuilding show or somebody who looks as if they are just, you know, um, showroom ready or whatever for their competitions uh, because it's there's not a lot of emphasis on your, your body. It's more on what you can lift, how much weight you can move, and your performance, which obviously is a lot healthier mentally for your mental health. However, it can, you can fall into this, this trap of, well, it's okay if I'm a little bit heavier because I need the mass to move mass. That's how it goes with um, powerlifting and strength training. Unfortunately, if we're being honest, you do want to have a bit, you know, you do want to get, keep, get your weight under control. You don't want to have a situation where you've been dirty bulking all winter and fall and now you're like... 50 to 60 pounds overweight, and now you've got to literally um, burn all that off. And it just takes so much effort to yo-yo back and forth from season to season. So in saying that, what I want to talk about is the myths and the almost the marketing that goes into what we call the, uh, the spring body or the summer beach body, as it were. And so when I was at the gym working at uh, Fit for Less and the YMCA and Snap Fitness and all these other places, you would see things ramp up 
during the spring months, like for the, the early spring and summer months, so people were trying to get their look, as it were, trying to um, shed the winter pounds. And what would always happen is we'd get, we'd get people to sign up. Usually it would be around winter time. People would, you know, right around after Christmas, they got the New Year's resolution crowd. And then after that, we would have people who would distinctly want to start coming in around April or May so they can start to get their June, July, and August beach bodies ready. And that was a total miss, missed opportunity because you don't actually start getting, quote-unquote, your beach body in the spring. And to be completely fair, there, there probably is no such thing as a beach body or a summer body or anything like that. It's just your body. And it doesn't matter what season you're in, you have to treat it with respect and treat it with the dignity to actually start working out and start treating your body better. And so I remember people would come in and they would, they, the, the question I would always get would be, what kind of exercise can I do to get rid of my belly? What kind of exercises can I do to get rid of um, my thighs or my hips or, you know, the, the bat wing under the, under your, under your, uh, your biceps, your triceps that are a little bit flabby. And I would always tell them, it's not about the exercise. It's not about what you're going to do on a specific movement, be it an ab workout or be it uh, planking or be it some form of, some form of an isolation movement. What you're looking to do is have movements that are what are known as compound movements. So basically what you're saying is you want to have a movement that incorporates as much as your, as much, as many, um, major muscle groups as, as possible. So a great example of that would be a deadlift. People would say, well, what do I need a deadlift for? You know, I'm not in competition or blah, blah, blah. But what I would say is when it comes to deadlifting, it's one of the movements that you do most if you're a parent or if you're just living if you're able-bodied and you're able to you're picking things off the ground you're picking your children your groceries your dog um it's one of those movements that utilizes your hamstrings your glutes your calves your your arms your back every muscle group you could think of and so i always tell people if i had one exercise that i that i had to do it'd probably be the deadlift um the second is the bench press you know, or the shoulder press, a standing shoulder press, because we are utilizing your chest, your, your, um, your traps, your shoulders, your triceps, your biceps, your forearms, your grip strength, your stabilizers in those areas. Your, um, squats is another movement that utilizes, I mean, your, your quads, your hamstrings, your glutes, your back, your chest, your core, your, um, your forearms, well, not, maybe not your forearms so much, but, uh, and if you have back issues and stuff, there are other, uh, machines out there, sort of like the belt squat machine that usually, usually just puts the strap around your hips and you're able to get up there without having that compression on your spine. So what I wanted to touch on is I found an article, let's see here, let's see, let me look it up here. There we go. And so, so this was written in 2019 and April 14th, actually. Wow, it was a few years ago. 
And it's talking about why this summer time is, is to defy false beauty standards and our own beach body brain. So we're going to be chatting about that. This was written by Glamour UK. It's just coming up here. So why this summer it is time to defy uh, our own expectations of our beach body brain. So months of preparation can get into getting into the bikini. But for what? So this was written by Mary Claire Chepet on April the 14th, 2019. So it basically starts off by saying, oh, I can't eat that. I've got to be in bikini. I got to be in a bikini in seven days. The grimace, the tummy pat, the sigh. How many times have we seen this scenario play out? Our friends looking at their own bodies in dismay. Brilliant, healthy, functional bodies that house brilliant, wonderful, successful people. And yet, which, the moment anyone suggests a beach holiday, are suddenly treated with derision. Oh, this body? No, I can't be seen in this body. Not on the beach. How mortifying. No carbs before marbs. I don't know what that means. Um, summer bodies are made in the winter. Your bikini body starts here. And that old favorite saying... Are you beach body ready? The onslaught of messages about beach bodies, what constitutes one, and what we should do to get one are insidious. The anxiety it creates is is a mammoth. Uh, is, is the size of a mammoth, I'm sorry. It's giving us beach body brain, that mental preoccupation bizarrely induced merely by the suggestion of a warm weather holiday. I'll die, so hold on. Oh, hold on, here it says. Sorry, one second. <laughs> of course, it's not as simple as eye rolling. Those who take the beach body seriously. Um, see, those who take the beach body seriously, on some level, we all do. Stripping down to summer wear is daunting. It can make us feel vulnerable and exposed, no matter how our body is shaped. We all have body hang-ups. Just because my personal approach to getting a beach body is putting my body on a beach doesn't mean I don't feel, I don't feel just the slightest bit uncomfortable. That I don't, without thinking, find myself comparing myself to my friends, worrying that my tummy is too big, or that my muffin top is glaring apparently over my bikini uh, briefs. But what causes this anxiety about our bodies, really? It's not as simple as the exposure, as the exposure swimwear necessitates. It's anything. Beachwear lays bare body images, anxieties that we have had all year round, exacerbated by pervasive societal messaging. This is not necessarily something we are doing to ourselves. This is a societal message that we have been given, says Holly Brubman, a psychotherapist. Uh, she's a body image specialist and a mental health practitioner. The messaging is this, is this, is what a woman is supposed to look like. This is how we define beauty and what we think is acceptable. How narrowly it is defined. If you don't see yourself represented in fashion imagery or in the media, where does that leave you? If you're not 5 foot 10, blonde, skinny, and think, where am I? How am I beautiful? Let's see, if you think of the beach body, it's exactly that. White, toned, bronze, blonde goddess with predictably and probably realistically hungry eyes. The same formulaic figure that was plastered all over the tube in the controversial and now banned Beachbody ready ads for a protein world weight loss product. 
Most of us are not born with body hang-ups. We have them thrust upon us by this dangerous, restrictive view of beauty that is broadcast to us daily. Think of the blissful happiness of children running on a beach, often completely star um, uh, completely uh, unaware of all the issues uh, in the outside world. If only we could somehow tap back into that youthful jubilation and not spend our time on the beach agonizing about the fact that we don't look like Kendall Jenner. Yet, Reuben warns, children are starting to develop these hang-ups earlier and earlier. It's no doubt due to our favorite modern uh, meddler, social media. It's not creating these issues, but it is exacerbating them, she says. It's impacting mental health hugely. The amount of this imagery and the pace with which we are consuming it, even if we know that so much of what we see is fabricated in Photoshop, it still seeps in and can still make people feel so uncomfortable with the, with the way they look. Instagram is public enemy number one here. It is something Michelle Linden, a mental health nurse who has worked predominantly with patients with eating disorders, frequent, frequently has to battle. It's so worrying how many people you see on Instagram who have changed their bodies with apps, she says, addressing the fact that many of the bodies we see have been augmented by surgery. There is a responsibility implicit in these Instagram stars with massive followings primarily made up of young girls who devour these images obsessively, agonizing over their own bodies in comparison. Should these stars have to admit to surgery in Photoshop the way they now have to legally proclaim an ad or a sponsor? Yes. Yes, they should. If you're an influencer, because you are literally influencing people, says Lyndon, if you are going to put across a lifestyle and a body shape that young girls are trying to obtain, you should have to be honest and about how you actually attained it, instead of girls killing themselves to look this way, to look a certain way. It's something that actresses and campaigner Jamila, uh, Jamila Jamil, I hope I'm saying this right, is strikingly adept to calling out. She frequently cries bullshit on, on photoshopped images, including her own, and is unafraid to call out celebrities for, for promoting weight loss products. She lambasted Kim Kardashian for advertising a diet suppressant lollipop, dear lord, on Instagram in 2018. And this year, had this to say to Khloe uh, Kardashian, who was promoting uh, Jamil's favorite punching bag, Flat Tummy Tea. Own up to the fact that you have a personal trainer, nutritionist, probably a chef, and a surgeon to, to, to achieve your aesthetic, rather than this laxative product. So it, it goes on to talk about um, the failings of the weight loss uh, industry and how it's kind of, you know, um, screwing us all over with imagery that just is unattainable. But I find it interesting um, if, you, if you read on more of the article, and I'll put a, a link to it um, in the show notes of the podcast here, that we have this idea, if you would, of what a body should look like, what it should um, be shaped like, what it should move like and and even sound like you know and and what sort of uh feeling you should get when you look at it and i think i, I want to return back to that point they made in the article about children on the beach um a few years ago i attended one of the lakes out here in alberta i just went there with the family and we were just hanging out and i'm sitting there you know catching some sun getting a tan on the black skin getting darker and i'm looking around and you see people of all shapes and sizes, old, young, people um, in wheelchairs to whatever. And I looked around, just, just watching, you know, people watching as you do, in between my book and some ice cream. 
And I looked up and I realized something. That the people that were just walking about, some were bigger ladies, some were slim, muscular, some were older. Nobody gave a shit. Nobody cared. There were, there were moms who, who obviously um, had just given birth, uh, some who were pregnant. Every and all types of shapes, sizes, colors, and whatever you could think of were out there on the beach. And nobody cared. Nobody walked up to anybody and said, hey, you've got a little bit extra hanging over there. You might want to cover that up. Hey, you know, you've got that scar from, uh, you know, whatever. You need to take care of that. If there was no, no interest in another person's body at, at all. People were just enjoying themselves out there having fun in the sun. Kids were splashing in the water. And I think this article, uh, the, the author of this article is absolutely right. We do have to return back to that feeling that almost childlike innocence of being aware, just amazed at what our bodies can do. I look at my two children and I see them doing bear crawls and jumping and, and, and moving and stuff. And, and when it's time for bath time, they're shaking their butts and rubbing their belly. They, and there, there's no care. There is legitimately not a F given about what they look like in a bikini or in a dress or in this and that. And I tell you, to have that power, to return that back to yourself is one of the things I think fitness can help you do. Because regardless of how you look, it's, it's, it's primarily about how healthy you are. Uh, there, there are two, there's one uh, Mr. former Mr. Olympia that I'm aware of that, that had a heart attack and passed away the last few years ago. Now, again, you see the extremes of how people can take um, bodybuilding and CrossFit and powerlifting and all of these and things that are supposed to be healthy for us could be a detriment to us. But back to the whole beach body thing, um, I think it is a misnomer. I think it's something that the fitness industry needs to get rid of. I think that the marketing is harmful. I think that if we're going to tell people to get ready for the beach and to get beach body ready. I think we should also have a tagline in there that says, um, honestly, this is crap and your body is your body all year long. And it's not just something to try to starve and punish to get into a dress or to look a certain way in a bikini to help your self esteem. It should be, hey, how am I able to pick up my kids? Can I still wrestle on the ground with grandpa, grandma? Can I run? Can I jump? Can I swim? Can I climb? Can I punch if I'm in boxing? Can I do all these things? How does my body feel? Am I healthy? How's my BMI? How's my heart rate? How's my liver, kidneys, pancreas? The holistic view of health gets lost with the advertising and marketing to get people in the door of gyms, to get people downing supplements and shakes and lotions and potions, and to make more money in the industry rather than actually give people a healthy quality of life. I know when I worked at one of the gyms, which I won't name, it was very apparent that the products that we were selling were not actually in the best interest of people's health. A great example is one of the gyms I worked at, they had an active tanning booth. So that is taken from definitely the bodybuilding days of the 60s and 70s where you would want to get as much definition to be seen on your body so you'd get a little bit darker. 
uh, the lighter you were, the more washed out you'd kind of be under the, the stage lights when you're posing. So you would see individuals and people go in to get tanned so they could have that sun-kissed kind of look and, you know, and, and look healthier. But as we all know, tanning can, you know, it, it can cause cancer. It can cause these horrible diseases that nobody wants to have. Yet it was at the gym that I was at. And most, there was a lot of people I knew who were only there just to get the tan. Now, again, there's no, there's no shade. <laughs> there's no shade to that if that's your thing. But when it was promoted as a way to be healthy or healthier, I always felt that there was an issue there. I was like, we got to... And, and again, they did put some disclaimers later on. I, I remember... Um, there, yeah, there were there were some disclaimers about how unhealthy uh, tanning would be if you were tanning quite frequently. So, you know, if you're going, I remember there was um, there was a guy, uh, I won't name him, but he was he was an older gentleman, and he would go to the other locations because there were three of these these gyms in my city. So he would go to the one in the morning, and then one in the evening, and sometimes he would still be recovering from the tan that he was coming from on the uh on the on the east side of town coming to the west and it was crazy and he'd go for the full 20 minutes so in a day every other day he, he could sometimes and because nobody was keeping track you could tan every day for 20 to 40 minutes right and i never is and you know i'll say his name his name is miles actually a great guy he wasn't a bad person uh but just the idea of being able to tan every day like that wasn't healthy, right? And it's it's no different than if you're working out in the sun and you're not covering your you know taking care of your, your skin and using the right moisturizer and stuff, um, using the right sunscreen when you when if you do go go tanning if you have to. But we also sold um, sugar laced Gatorade beverages rather than just water, right? Uh, we we sold a lot of stuff that was um, that had a lot of sugar in it. Right, had a lot of processed stuff in it for like the the um, replacement bars, meal um, protein bars, and stuff like that. There was a lot of additives in it, and there's there's products out there that you can buy that aren't going to have all those preservatives in it, you know. But they cost a little bit more money, and so you're trying to get that that um, you're trying to you're trying to get the best bang for your buck, right? And I don't blame companies for it, but if you're primarily in healthcare. The, the attitude is okay how do you how do you square that you know how do we how do we say that we're trying to help people versus sell them all this this stuff hey anyway, sorry that's a bit of a rant there uh, got on but um but the the idea of trying to make money off of this type of advertising I believe is harmful and I think that as we as we move into you know um, the better part of this year into the into the summer months i think it's imperative for gyms and all parts of the fitness culture be it your powerlifting bodybuilding crossfit um you know working you want to be part of a show or whatever that we really emphasize that the idea of chopping up now again like i said before in, in, the, in the start you can chop up your season based on your levels of performance and what your body is going to be required to do if you are in you know, spring training, um, before the season starts of whatever your profession is, then that's totally fine. If you're in a, now you're in the off season, you're dealing with injuries, whatever. Okay. It's cool. But for the general public, you know, nine to fivers, the, you know, uh, 
John Q. Publix and all that, and just the regular, regular Joes, regular Janes out there, you want to live a better quality of life. You want to be able to walk on your own steam until you're 90, you know, take care of your own faculties and your own whatever. And the idea that by advertising that if you don't get into a certain type of shape for the season, no one's going to want to have sex with you. You're going to look ugly. People are going to make fun of your muffin top, your, your, um, you know, the little extra you got on the, on the back of the thighs there. And you're not going to be loved and you're going to be in a corner crying by yourself somewhere. Couldn't be further from the truth as I saw with my own two eyes when I was at the beach. Nobody cared. And I think that's kind of where I'd, I'd like to end it. Not that nobody cares, but the reality of it is when we're dealing with the fitness industry in particular, when we're dealing with uh, workout culture, gym culture, whatever you want to call it, there's a large segment of our population that we think actually cares about what we look like. And the true matter of it is, and I, I, I would bet every dollar I have in the bank that very few people actually care that much. You might see somebody that might glance at you and you might think, oh my gosh, they're judging me for my, my thighs. I put on a little bit, you know, I'm trying to lose it after the baby, whatever else. The reality of it is most people don't care. They have very little interest. Most people, they are the star of their own fan club. <laughs> they're, the, they're the head of their own, um, you know, presidential campaign and they love them. They love themselves. And they're thinking mainly about their own stuff. I guarantee that guy that's in the lineup with you to pay for your, you know, your license or whatever is not looking at how much weight you've put on over the winter. They're probably thinking, okay, I got to pay this. I got to pick up the kids after school. I got to get dinner going, blah, blah, blah. I got work tomorrow. What if, you know, boss is riding me about this. Oh my God. You know, there's a million and one things that are going through people's heads. And I guarantee you, you're probably not on that list. And so what that does for me anyways, is it kind of takes off that pressure to say, okay, I have to deal with my body. I live in this body. I, I exist within it. So I want it to be as healthy and as sustainable as it possibly can for the rest of my life. I only got one set of arms. I'm not getting another like leg, you know, I'm not getting another back or whatever. I got to take care of what I got. And so if, if I have that mindset, then I'll go into every season thinking, Hey, how could I be better than the last one? How could I be healthier? How could I, you know, be, be fitter for myself, not to go on social media, not to show my body and say beach body ready and all this other stuff and, and get approval from people that legitimately don't care. The only people that probably really do care about your body or your or your health would be your medical professionals, maybe your spouse, um, and your kids and you, like it's a very small list of people that probably give a rat's ass about how big you are. Like, I kid you not it, the, if people would just, I guess, get out of their heads and get out of, get, you know, get out of their own sort of thought process of oh, everyone's watching me. Everybody cares. You, you would probably see that it's majority of it is marketing and branding to try to get you to part with your hard-earned dollars to buy things that you really don't need. 
If you want to be healthier, see your healthcare professional. See a doctor. Talk to them. Say, hey, I want to get healthier. What, what's my weight? What's my BMI? Check me out. Then talk to a nutritionist. Heck, talk to a, a fitness trainer. Join a gym. Drink more water. You know, and, and realize, I think the last thing I want to say is that uh, whatever you're trying to get to, it's not going to happen overnight, first of all. Uh, whatever habits and whatever um, attitudes you've had about food or about fitness or about health, to change those will take some time. It's not going to happen right away. But you want to change those for the right reasons. You don't want to change them so you can look better in jeans and so you could be sexier on Instagram. But you want to do it so you can actually literally be walking when, when people your age are in wheelchairs or on you know, all sorts of pills for, for the bad food they've been eating. That, that's the game. That's it. We're trying to extend this game of life as long as we can, get, as long as we can keep it going. Right? It's, it's a, to, tr- to fight the dying of the light, as it were. To battle the ravages of time. You know, I, I heard C.T. Fletcher, gentleman who I follow on Instagram, uh, former bodybuilder slash powerlifter, uh, the guy who coined the phrase, it's still your mother bleeping set. Uh, he had heart issues and had a transplant, and, and he's a, quite, quite the motivational speaker. If you ever listen, watch any of his videos online, just a phenomenal uh, voice to, to overcome a lot of difficulties. And he talked about how you don't eat because it's delicious. You eat for what it can do for you, you know? But even guys like him, they'll tell you, look, you want to you wanna, you wanna find that fountain of youth in working out and exercising and doing the best you can for your mental health and, and all that. And by living in a stress-filled mindset of... I gotta look this way. I've gotta fit into this sort of stuff. If I don't have the ripped abs and the and the you know and the 22-inch biceps and all this, and it turns into this image thing rather than I want to feel healthier. Like I don't want to feel like crap when I wake up in the morning. Grab my back, like oh my back, oh my hips. Like you literally want to feel good about yourself. And and I, I feel that's the best way to do it. So when it comes to the beach body, f that. Your body's your body all year long, you know, um, get on the train to get healthier, you know, drink more water, that's what I'm doing, you know, get more fiber in your diet, you know, um, see your doctor, I gotta do that soon, you know, um, do, what you, do what you can, but do it for the right reasons, and and uh, and stay away from that idea that the, the beach body is the way to go, yeah, and, and you know what? Honestly, where you are right now, that's where you're starting from. And I, I think the last, the last, last thing I want to say is that not to be ashamed of your body. I think that's, that's one of the things that myself and other people out there, you know, we have to, we have to really start getting rid of the mindset that there's something, I mean, if, if you're unhealthy, of course, then, then you want to get healthier. But the fact that your body can function and do the things it does and you might look a little different, should never be, that shouldn't be a source of your um, anger and trepidation. You want to have something, you want to have your body, when you look at it, you say, man, this is amazing. I want to be healthier, so I'm going to do what I got to do, but I'm not doing it to punish myself or to somehow um, say that I'm, I'm unworthy to be loved or I, I don't deserve to be happy. You know, so, some of the advertising out there is so crazy. 
when you look at how much people are trying to sell just products and services. And so we, we got to fight against that. But like I said, at the end of the day, you do what you can. Take care of your business. And, um, you know, get out there. Work it out. Get some sweat. After this, I'm, I'm hitting the punching bag. So I'm going to get a good sweat going. But uh, thank you for listening. Hopefully this added some value to your day. Like I was stating before, you could find the Adult Fitness Podcast wherever you get your podcast. We're talking Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, um, Apple, iTunes, you name it. We're there. Rockin' and rolling. And like I said before, we also got the Marketplace of Ideas Podcast and the To Be Determined Podcast of either uh, Myth and Monsters uh, we've got the working title still kind of <laughs> trying to trying to get that in in play there. So until next time, want to thank you for listening. Take care, and until next time, keep fit and have fun. Peace.